Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high. Those of you reading from cell phones, you can lift that too. iPhones a little higher. (laughs) They're getting new batteries, amen. (laughs) Shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will hear from God's word. And my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Amen. We're starting a brand new series uh, today for this month. Uh, talking about harmonizing your finances. Amen. Uh, for the most part, when we teach about money, uh, we are teaching about how you can uh, sow a seed and uh, reap a harvest. But uh, uh, seldom do we teach about how to actually handle the harvest when it comes in. Amen. So let's start in First Timothy chapter number 6 from verse 17 in the New Living Translation. First Timothy chapter number 6 verse 17. Uh, I think it was about three or four years ago, uh, there was a website called Ashley Madison. Now this was a website where married people who wanted to cheat on their spouses would go and uh, pay money to do so. And then uh, three, four years ago, uh, this thing was hacked and all the private accounts were made public. And the, you know, IT people uh, went into the system and they discovered that from one zip code in South Africa, I think it was like Rivonia, people had spent close to 20 million rand on that website cheating on their spouses. So evidently, people don't know how to use money. You know, when I announced that we were going to be teaching about finances, some of you were thinking, why should we teach about finances in the church? That's just one of the many reasons why we should tell people how to handle finances. 20 million bucks. Do you know what I can do with 20 million in the ministry? We would have our own building by the end of the week. You know, I could have a really nice automatic car with air conditioning that works with 20 million bucks. I could get a nice car, I think. I could get a nice house, I think. I could bless someone from that 20 million. I think I could do a little bit better than use it on some crazy website. Amen? So people need to be taught how to handle finances. Finances is like fire. When you don't know how to handle finances, just like if you don't know how to handle fire, it will burn you. Amen? Yeah. Are we good? Switch mics. I hold no microphone. Work on it. It worked in the first service. We offline? Get online. <laughs> Let's go to Second Timothy. First Timothy chapter number six, verse seventeen. First Timothy chapter number seventeen. <clears throat> Did I say first? Yeah, first Timothy six, verse seventeen. Let them work on it. Amen. What's the first word in this scripture? I didn't hear that. So evidently, the Bible wants us to teach people about finances. Amen? He says, teach those who are rich in this world to give up their riches. Is that what he said? 
Is that what he's saying? No. He's saying, teach those who are rich in this world. First, it shows us that there is someone who's rich in this world. He says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. That's the issue. Money is not the problem. I know some religious people always say, you know, money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Money is not a problem. But trust, putting your trust in money is where the problem begins. Not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. Man, when you put your trust in money, you are putting trust in something that is so uncertain and something that is so unreliable and God wants us to teach you to put your trust in the right thing. And this problem, I was saying in the first service, this problem of putting your trust in riches cuts through all the way from the pews into the pulpits. As a pastor, you need to consistently fight to guard and keep your heart pure so that you can be at a place where you are consistently putting your trust in God and not in money. Because money is a bad master. It's a great servant, but a bad master. You know why he's a bad master? Because he's so unreliable. He says, which is so unreliable, their trust should be in God, who richly gives us how many? God doesn't mind you having stuff. God doesn't mind you having things. He has a problem when you start putting your trust in things. God does not have a problem with you flying first class or business. Someone shout, I receive that. Man, if you've ever flown 16 hours in economy, you will receive that. <laughs> Amen? God doesn't mind you having things. He doesn't mind you taking time off and going to the beach and enjoying the sun and enjoying the water and the waves and the view. He doesn't have a problem with that. The only problem he has is when you start putting your trust in those things. It's the only problem. You know why? Because he knows you are risking everything. You are put, making your heart vulnerable, which it is. Jesus taught on money more than any other subject. Faith is a great subject for the kingdom. It's the currency of the kingdom. Without faith, you can't please God. It's, it's a major subject, but Jesus taught on money more than he taught on faith. Heaven and hell is a foundational subject. Yeah. I mean, that's where you're either going to end up in heaven or in hell. But Jesus taught on money more than he taught even on the foundational subject of heaven and hell. Why? The first reason he did is because money is involved in everything we do in our everyday living. And because of this, we need to learn how to handle it so that it does not handle us. Man, you need to learn how to put money in its place. You need to learn how to handle money so that money does not cause you problems. The reason why nations fight against each other, the number one reason is money. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verse 10. 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verse 10. Watch what it says. It says, for the love of money. Notice it didn't say for money. Because money in and of itself has power, but the power in money is neutral. Uh Money is not immoral. 
uh, 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 moral. Money is our moral. It's neutral power. It only takes its power from the beholder or from the assignment that you give it to do. So I could take a hundred bucks and give it to you and bless you to go and get a meal. Or I could take a hundred bucks and give it to someone to beat you up. Same hundred bucks, but different power behind it. So money was not the problem. It was the intention behind the money that became the problem. You know why? Because money takes on the character of the beholder. Hallelujah. So he says here, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money. There's a thing called craving money. That word craving means to desire strongly. It means to have an insatiable longing for money. In other words, you wake up and it's money on my mind. Have you ever heard those rap songs with my money on my mind and my mind on my mind? <laughs> or to get rich or, or, or die trying. You know, it's like, man, I'm all about the money, money, money. It's all about the money, money, money. You know that song? Man, it's all, for them, it's a craving. He says some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Man, when you cross that line and go into that realm called the love of money, the craving, that longing, that strong, insatiable longing to have material things for yourself, you cross the line and you will cause many problems for yourself. He says piercing themselves. And this is why the number one reason for divorce in the world is money. Both in the church and outside the church. It's because people haven't learned how to handle money. And this is what I say to most of the young people that I mentor. I always tell them this. Don't worry about the money. The money will come. The real question is, will you be ready when the money comes? Because the money will come. Man, I've learned in life that if you stay on your path, you stay faithful, the money will find you. Money is not the problem. Money is easy to come. But the real question is, when it comes, will you be able to put it in its right place? Because if you're not, it will bring you problems. In fact, that's what it says in Proverbs uh, 28, verse 20. Let's go there. Proverbs 28, verse 20. Proverbs 28, verse 20 in the New Living Translation I'm going to read the first part and read it in the King James Bible. And then I'll come back and read the second part in the New Living Translation. Is that okay? He says, the trustworthy person will get a what? A rich reward. So all you have to do is to be trustworthy. What does that mean? What, what's that word, trustworthy? Go and check it out in the, in the King James Bible. Let's go to the King James. New King James, if you will. It says, a faithful man shall abound with many blessings. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. He says a faithful man can't help it but be rich someday. It's going to come. Because faithfulness works with a rich reward. But he who wants to get rich quick. That's what he says in the New Living Translation. Go back. New Living Translation. He says, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. Did you see it? This is why our brother Tinashe was saying, giving of offerings is not a slot machine. Don't come to church with a a get rich quick 
kind of mentality. Because that's not what it's about. It's about tapping into a lifestyle of generosity that has to outlast you. The effects of your giving should outlast you, should outlive you. It's not a slot machine where, you, you know, I want to give a hundred bucks to God and then they said, I'll reap a harvest. When I get that harvest, I will run as far as I can. <laughs> That's the wrong mindset. It's a wrong mentality. Uh-huh. What you need to do is to put yourself in a place where your heart says, you know what? Lord, I'm faithful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with this, you need to plan your generosity. Uh-huh. Let's go to Isaiah 32 verse 8. You need to plan your generosity. When you plan your generosity, you insulate yourself from manipulation. And coercion. Isaiah 32, verse 8. Watch what it says. It says, but generous people plan to do what is generous. They plan it. Uh Hunt your neighbor and ask them, what's what's your generous plan for 2018? Because only when you have a plan will you be able to read the next verse. Because without a plan, you have nothing to stand on. It says, but generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. In other words, they're not easily shaken. They're offering, won't ask them questions and then they shake. And they're like, oh oh, man, I, I don't know. I think this is random. No, they will stand in their generosity. Because their heart is in the right place. And they've put money in the right place. Amen? The second reason why Jesus taught on money more than any other subject is that money is a great locator of our hearts. Money will locate where your heart is at. I love the Lord. You know, Lord, I give you my heart. Okay. Show me the money. Amen? Amen? Watch what it says in Matthew 6, verse 19. Matthew 6, verse 19. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, Where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Did you read it? For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. Let's read it together. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In other words, if you want to locate your heart, follow the money. Follow the money trail. Uh, Man, you can locate your heart with your bank account. Three-month bank statement. (laughs) And if you took my three-month bank statement, you'll know three things. I love the church. I love the kingdom of God and what God is is doing worldwide. And I love my wife and I love my kids. Man, them girls be spending all my money. All of it. I don't say no to them. Whatever they want, I have to make sure I give it. You know why? Because that's where my heart is. Some of you men are thinking, man, I don't know, man. I don't like this woman anymore. I don't find her attractive. Let me help you with that. Start spending some money on her. You will find your heart in her. 
says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Jesus didn't mince his words. And he goes deeper. Watch what he says next verse. The light of the body is the eye. I mean, he's coming straight from talking about money and finances all the way into innovation, creativity, and the anointing of God flowing through you. He says the light of the body is the what? Is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body will be filled with light. In other words, if you focused on these faithful things, if your heart is in the right place concerning material wealth, Guess what? You can flow in the anointing. Your whole body will be filled with light. Amen. You remember the children of Israel? Amen. When they took over Jericho? Amen. Jericho was a formidable city. Known to have approximately between 60 to 100 meter wide walls. So the wall of Jericho that you read about was not a Jura wall like, you know, this one. It was about 60 meters thick. To 100 meters. And they used to race horses on top of the wall just to intimidate their enemies. And the children of Israel came in and looked at that. And they thought to themselves, not only do they have a great wall, there is giants on the land. And then God gave them an instruction to put their hearts in the right place. Two of them. The first one was, go around the wall. All you have to do is to obey me. Go around the wall six times on the six days. On the seventh day, give a shout of praise. And they did that and the walls fell in. And he said, within that city, everything that you see, the gold, the money, the chains, everything you see, bring to me. Because I have another nine cities I want to give to you. But the first one, bring it to me. And to show you, man, this is awesome. To show you that God is not all about the money. He said, bring it to me in the form of smoke. <laughs> in other words, burn it all up. All I want is the vapor. Yeah. See, some of you get tripped up on money. It's not about the money. <laughs> it's about putting your heart in the right place. Burn it all up. All I want is the smoke. And a gentleman called Akon got tripped up with the money. He went and he saw all the gold chains and the gold bars and he took some of it and he went and he hid it in his tent. And the next battle was the battle at AI. And they sent in spies and the sp when the spies came back, the first spies who came back, came back with an evil report. They are giants in the land. The spies who went to AI came back and they said, man, Joshua, this is a small city. We don't even need to send all our soldiers. Let's send about 2,000. And within a day, we'll be done taking over this city. And then they sent people in there, and man, they were beaten silly. The Bible, if you're reading in the New Living Translation, it says they were soundly defeated. You know why? Because their hearts were now in the wrong place. They were now putting their trust in the gold instead of the God of the gold. Man, while you were putting your trust in the big God, man, he could take all... Easy, like a piece of cake. 60 meter walls went in. Giants in a day. But when you put your trust in yourself, AI, a little town, 2,000 people, couldn't do it in their own strength. 39 men lost their lives. Because they shifted from trusting God and trusting themselves and trusting the income or the gold, the material things. Amen? And this is what happens. When your eye is not focused, when your heart is not in the right place, Guess what? Next verse. If thine eye be evil, 
The whole body shall be full of darkness. There won't be any illumination. There is no light. Your whole body is full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Next verse. No man can serve two masters. He switches back. Because he's still talking about money. It says no man can serve two masters. For either you will hate the one and love the other. There is no middle ground when it comes to God and money. You know why? Because money provokes a reaction. And an opinion. The minute I announced that I was going to be talking about finances, immediately God started speaking to some people and Mammon, the God of money, also started speaking to some people. Immediately. This is why today no one is sleeping. And when I'm teaching all the other series, people are sleeping, yawning, and just chilling. But when you teach about money, nobody is sleeping. You know why? Because gods are speaking. He said, man, uh, uh, for you either love the one uh, and hate the other, love the other, or else you hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Someone say cannot. It doesn't mean people will not try. Some will say, Pastor, me, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to touch all my chances. I'll take my chances. I'm going to take my chances. I'll try and save both of them. No, you can't. He says you cannot, cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is the God of material things, money, uh, wealth. And it's also known as an antichrist spirit that promises the same thing that God promises. You know, I used to think antichrist is the opposite of Christ. You know, I used to think God is good. Antichrist must be bad. God gives blessing, Antichrist will give curses. No, the Antichrist, that word anti means counterfeit. He tries to take the place of God. So while God is offering blessing, the mammon, the God of money, will also be offering blessing. You'll be saying, man, if you heap up this gold for yourself to yourself, one day in investments and so on and so forth in business, one day you get to a place of full fulfillment and satisfaction, and it will never come. Because that's not where it comes from comes from honoring God and putting your heart in the right place. So when we deal with tithes and offerings, we're actually not dealing with money. It's not a money issue. That's why I didn't teach this series in December. In fact, one of my friends called me. He just planted a church in Atlanta. He called me. He said, Pastor T, you know, in America, we teach about finances in December because that's when people have money and they are high on festivities and they'll just give to the church. And I said, man, that sounds so carnal. I want to teach it in January when they are broke and all they can deal with is a decision. Because that's the most important thing. (laughs) Most of you right now, all you can deal with is a decision. (laughs) Hallelujah! And that's the most important thing. You know why? Because it will take you further than the high of festivities. Just a high because it's Christmas so I'm going to, you know, make it rain for the church to... No. It has to be a decision. And you have to understand why you're doing it. And this is why we're teaching it in January. It's not to raise an offering. It's to give you some revelation that you need to go the whole way. Amen? It says you cannot do it. You can't serve God and you cannot serve mammon. The third reason why Jesus taught on finances is because money reveals the condition of our hearts. 
Money reveals the condition of our hearts. Someone shout, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Therefore, you can by faith send your heart to places. You can prophetically send your heart to places by sending your money. Because it's a heart issue that God is dealing with. Amen? Money reveals the condition of our hearts. Mark chapter number 10 from verse 21 to 27 in the New King James Bible. Mark chapter number 10. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, this is the biggest battle to keep your heart pure, to keep your heart in the right place. Because the money will come. And money is not the issue. The issue is are you ready when it comes? In Mark chapter number 10, there was a young rich ruler who went and threw himself at the feet of Jesus. I mean, this man was spiritual. (laughs) Theatrical worship on the outside. Threw himself at the feet of Jesus. How many of you have ever laid prostrate at the feet of Jesus? Threw himself. Said, Master, what shall I do to get saved? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. I've kept all the commandments. Spiritual man. From my youth up. And Jesus didn't question that, but Jesus revealed his heart condition through money. Why? Because money reveals what's in our hearts. Uh, It does. All the way from the pews to the pulpit. Money will reveal what is in your heart. It will reveal what's in your heart. Watch what he says from verse 21. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor. So it wasn't a self-motivated thing. Jesus didn't say, go and sell everything and bring it to me. He says, go and sell it, give it to the poor. And this is the only man that Jesus ever gave this instruction to. I don't know of anyone else. This is the only man that Jesus told to sell everything. Everybody else, he tells the man, according to your heart. 10%. This dude... Go and sell everything, give it to the poor, come and follow me. And watch what he says in verse 22. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful. There's one of two reactions when you teach about finances in the church. There's joy, liberation. Man, I'm ready for my financial breakthrough. This is the revelation I needed for 28. And then there's sorrow. There's only one or two. There's always one or two. And I said last year, if you remember, I said, if you don't get excited hearing from the word of God about finances, you are not yet ready for a financial breakthrough. You remember I said that? And if something in you doesn't leap up when you hear what God has to say about finances, you're not yet ready for God to prosper you. His way. He has to prosper you His way. How is... God's prosperity is where. Says the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow. Man, the world's way of prospering you is lots of riches and lots of sorrows. Man, Hollywood, lots of money, but they're on their fifth marriage. Kids are on drugs. There's abuse everywhere. That's not godly prosperity. Godly prosperity makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. 
you will have lots of money and a good, healthy body to enjoy it. That's godly prosperity. And this man went away sorrowful. Why? For he had great possessions. No. The actual translation says, for great possessions had him. Can't you even ask them, do you have money? Or money has you? Because there is a difference. He says in verse 23, Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. Why? Because the disciples were rich. But Jesus answered again, or Jesus brought context. He answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard it is for them who... I didn't hear that. Come on, preach with me. He says, how hard it is for those who trust. God does not have a problem with riches. He has a problem with people that put their trust in riches. Why? What did he say in 1 Timothy chapter number 6? Because riches are so unreliable. So he's trying to help you. Don't put your trust in the money. And how do you do that? You make sure... You keep reminding yourself, this is God who has blessed me. He is my source. I didn't do this in my own strength. This is God who has blessed me. And man, and I'm telling you, this cuts through all the way from the lower class, the poverty line, all the way to the rich line. You know, I used to think whenever they talk about the love of money, they're talking to the rich. Listen, I don't have any money, so they couldn't be talking to me. No, it's a spirit... That deals with people that are... But man, there are some people who are poor, but they will do anything to get that 56 rand. <laughs> they will steal from you. They will backstab you. They will kill you for that 56 rand. And the love of money is ruling in their hearts. It cuts through all the way through. And man, I always say this to, the, to our pastors. Your battle as a pastor is the fight of keeping your heart pure. Keep your heart pure. If you want to hear from God, man, you're going to have to keep your heart pure and insulate yourself from this thing called mammon. Because when this thing called mammon comes, it clouds your judgment. And I know of people who won a lottery, won a tender, started looking at those numbers. Look at their wife. Look at numbers. Look at their wife. Look at numbers. Look at their wife. Say, man, I need an upgrade. <laughs> and then they leave their wives because they were looking at the numbers. And I'm talking about real stories that happened in real life. You know why? Because money is the one telling them what to do. What does it say? Next verse. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Next verse. Greatly astonished. Next verse. Next verse. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Next verse. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly. Someone say, Assuredly. Assuredly. Everything Jesus said was assuredly, but if he had to say assuredly, then pay attention. Assuredly, I say to you, there is not one who has left house brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands, for my sake and the gospels, next verse, 
who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. So when God says burn everything in Jericho, he's not trying to take from you. He's trying to get it to you. But he wants to make sure that when it comes to you, you have enough gashto, if you will. You have enough character to handle it. Man, you need character to handle a certain level. If you can't handle money, you're going to be in trouble. Because money is the basic level of dealing with heart issues. It's entry level. It's heart 101. Let's go now to Luke chapter number 16 as we close. The fourth reason why Jesus taught on money so much is because money teaches us faithfulness. Say that with me. Money teaches us faithfulness. Luke 16 from verse 9. This is after, you know, Jesus had told the parable of the unfaithful uh, steward. You remember? And then he began to teach them. And he said, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Or know how to leverage and use money in this life. How, Jesus? That when you fail or when you die, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Basically what he's saying is leverage your money or your finances for the preaching of the gospel so that when you get to heaven, there will be people waiting for you to celebrate with you the breakthrough or the, 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 the receiving of the glad tidings that you sponsored so they could hear it. That's all he's saying. Next verse. He who is faithful in what is the list. The subject of the matter is money in this whole teaching. And he's saying, he who is faithful in what is the list. What is the list is money. You know, we use this in all the other areas. But if you look in context, Jesus is saying, he who is faithful in handling money will also be faithful in handling much. He who is unfaithful in handling money will also be unfaithful in handling much. Next verse. Therefore, if you have not been faithful, therefore, see that word therefore? How many of you have ever done maths? And after you've done the equation and you're, you know, you're about to bring the answer and bring it, you put the three dots. And you say, therefore, X equals, say all of that, everything I was doing was building up to this. And this is what Jesus is saying. Everything he was saying was building up to this. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, if you have not been faithful handling just money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? In other words, if you can't handle money, you will not be able to handle the power, the deception of power that leadership comes with. You'll treat people like trash. You'll say all kinds of stuff. What is the root cause? The root cause is you have not been trained to handle money. If you cannot handle money, you will not be able to handle the treasure of the mystery of marriage that Jesus gave to the church. Because the man represents Christ and the bride represents his church. You will struggle to handle that. Why? Because you're struggling in numbers. If you can't handle numbers from zero up to nine, forget calculus. If you have not mastered the alphabet from A to Z, 
forget literature. That's all he's saying. You cannot master the true riches. There is no faithfulness in the true riches when you have not mastered the little things. What are the little things? Handling money. Money is not that important. Then from today you will learn how to handle money and not let, let money handle you. Money is not that important. And God wants you to bring you lords of it. But you need to make sure you build these principles. You get your heart in a place where it's in perpendicular alignment to the will of God and to the word of God and to who God says he is so that when the money comes, you won't treat all of us like trash. And some of you, if God deposited a hundred thousand rand in your account today, you won't even greet the pastor. You won't even greet us. You just greet one person with a stick and say, you, you have touched me. Now you greet everyone else. You pass on the anointing. But you have to be able to place where money is nothing. In fact, this is one thing I've learned. You know, I study people and I study rich people. One thing I've learned with most rich people that are still pursuing their dreams and changing the world, one thing that's common with all of them is that they are crazy about changing people's lives more than they are crazy about money. Because I mean, let's, 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 let's face it. Elon Musk made his first million in the 1993. Uh, 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 Masayoshi San made his first million back in the 80s. If it was all about the money, there was no need for Tesla or any other invention. It has to go beyond money. Because I mean, with a million bucks, let's face it. There's nothing you can't do that a billionaire can do with a million bucks. There's no jet you can't fly. There's no uh, uh, class you can't fly in the plane. There's nothing a billionaire can do that you can't do at a million. But you have to be driven with something that's beyond money. But for you to do that, you have to put money in its place. And God has divided a system where you continuously put money back in its place. Because when a harvest comes in, it's going to try and elevate itself to God. You have to take a portion of it and give it to God, honoring Him and preaching to yourself. And every time I take a portion and I give to God, I'm left with 500 bucks. And I take half of it and I give it to God. You know what? I'm preaching a message to myself. And what I'm saying to myself is, you are not my God and you are not my source. And as long as I can keep myself in that place of faithfulness, I will be rich. And if you don't believe it, you stick around, hide and watch. I will be rich. And it won't mean much to me. I'll still greet you. And love you like I'm supposed to. You know why? Because I'm putting money in its place. This is the heart money connection. And you have to make sure that your heart is in the right place. You have to plan. Did you read it in Isaiah 33? You have to plan your generosity and stand in your generosity. And as you do that, God will bring the increase in your life. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Verse 12. Next verse. 
And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Next verse. No servant can serve two masters. He brings it back again. You remember we read it in Matthew 6? He says it again over here. And he's not just saying it to fill up the Bible. (laughs) Some of you, when when you submit your assignment and they say they want 5,000 words. Instead of saying the dog came, he says, Then in the morning the dog had to come. And then it came. And 20 words, 20 words. No, he's not just saying it to fill up the Bible. He's making a point. Saying, no servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one. But this is these are strong words. See, it's almost God. It's almost as if God is saying, man, if you let money take this place, I consider it hatred. It's, this, these are strong words. It's like, man, Jesus, why you gotta say it like that? It's, it's bad. It's, it's like, man, this is strong. He says, you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mama. He says it again. And as we begin this year, man, I want you to work with the word of God. Work with God. Make this decision. Hey, you know what? I'm going to put money in this place. I will not let money rule and dominate my heart. And I've heard of people that make major decisions, major decisions concerning their lives based on one variable, money. I mean, how can you make life? Major decision based on one thing, one thing. Man, all our decisions should be based on God's will for us. What God wants us to do. And we need to dethrone uh, this spirit of mammon. Amen? Someone shout, Mammon will not rule me. He will not rule my heart. I submit to God and not the spirit of mammon as the harvest comes in I will be sure to remind myself that God is my source and not money in Jesus name Amen if you are here and you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior saying Pastor T I want to receive him today we want to pray with you this morning just lift your hand wherever you are and I'm telling you, this is wrong. I just heard this. I used to wonder why pastors start off well in the ministry. And within a few months, they go crazy. Crazy, 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 crazy. They start having affairs. Man, what's going on with this guy? They have not mastered this spirit. They have not mastered this spirit. That's what it is. They haven't mastered how to put money in this place. God is empowered. We will win. Amen. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to pray with you. Just lift your hand wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. 
right now. Just lift your hand wherever you are. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. I see those two hands. I'm going to ask the believers close to them just to stretch their hands and lay hands on them. Make that contact, touch them, and let the life that is in you flow into them. Let that spirit that quickens the mortal bodies flow through your hands into their bodies. Father, we thank you for healing right now. Lord, we thank you for you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, Jesus, and with his stripes we are healed. And body, I command you to receive life right now. Life right now. And resume perfect function. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you have been living a life of worry, fear, and anxiety, we want to pray for you before we go. Just lift your hand wherever you are. I see that hand. I see that hand. that surpasses all understanding. Your peace that goes beyond what we can comprehend. And Father, right now we take charge of their soulish realms and release the peace of God. The peace of God. The peace of God. We speak against worry, for we know it is not a spirit of God. We speak against fear, for we know you have not given us the spirit of fear, but we release love, power, and a sound mind, a well-balanced mind, a harmonious mind. Father, we thank you right now for it in the name of Jesus. No more sleepless nights, no more worries, no more anxiety, but peace. 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 In the name of Jesus. We commission it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we love you and God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by love. God bless you. Uh,